Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we will be doing part two of Love and Friendship. Yeah! We're finishing it up. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to get into the second part. It's (laughs) just as fast as the first part and just as ridiculous, if not more. You understand what's going on in the second part. (laughs) Right. Well, I, I, and I'll probably comment more on this for our final thoughts, but I just feel like Lady Susan is so masterfully written that she has kind of like somehow roped us into her (laughs) scheme and we're just like, we're all like Alicia, like, what is she going to do next? <laughs> what is her Machiavellian plan? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think the second half should be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're still on this weird mic setup, so if it sounds weird, it's just for this particular sh- movie. <laughs> yeah, just for this time, apparently. Maybe Lady Susan has messed with our microphones. Maybe. Not to expose her. <laughs> Lady Susan in retrograde. Yes. <laughs> but we will soon be back to our normal yeah. situation. Um, anything else we want to catch up on before we jump into it? Um, I don't think so. I don't think I have anything else. we're starting the phase where we're starting to record a lot earlier than it's going to actually come out so uh just so you guys know (laughs) we're taking a couple months off in the summer but we're still gonna have podcasts for you to listen to so we're just doing some things ahead of schedule like today is easter Mm -hmm. but it probably will be may for (laughs) yeah (laughs) it'll be long after easter we both got our first vaccination yes very excited we're both part of the pfizer club yeah we got another week before we get our second dose yes and by the time you hear this we'll be fully vaccinated (laughs) yes and it'll feel so good it already feels good just having half I know. I gotta I, remember to stay vigilant. <laughs> I have to, like, yeah, yeah. Because I still know people catching it who haven't been vaccinated yet, so. Yeah. The whole idea of, like, afterwards, like, it's not, like, a freeing thing, but it's also, like, you kind of have to remind yourself a little bit. You're like, I only have part one, so I can't, <laughs> I can't act like I'm vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. But it just feels good to know that you're on the path to the end. Yeah. And in a way. We'll have a couple months off to just enjoy some summer fun. Yes. Which will be nice for us. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Some safe, vaccinated summer fun. Yeah. And you guys will still have podcasts to listen to. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're recording quite a bit, too, and a lot of fun stuff. Yeah, we're going to start Persuasion soon, <sighs> which is so, so exciting. 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 I love doing the books. And season two of Twin Peaks. <laughs> oh, gosh. After that first episode. I'm so excited to watch the rest of it with you. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited to finish it. It's all new to me. Yeah. And I've seen any of it. Yep, so there's a lot of fun stuff coming up for you guys. Yes. But I guess for now, we'll can do some more notes. Yeah, let's get to it. All right, so for second half of notes, I figured we would go through some, like, award stuff and then maybe, like, some, like, fun trivia kind of things I found. So overall, it had 53 nominations for at various different awards ceremonies and seven wins. So some wins, it won... Kate Beckinsale won Best Actress at the Evening Standard British Film Awards. 
Nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Whit Stillman won Best Adapted Screenplay at the FFCC Awards. Okay. Um, let's see. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. <laughs> a screenplay won again at the Halfway Awards. They got a lot of nominations at the Halfway Awards. Apparently they loved them. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Tom Bennett tied with Mahershal Ali for Moonlight for Supporting Actor of the Year at the ALFS Awards. Whoa. <laughs> which I thought was crazy. <laughs> That's Reginald? I think so, yeah. <laughs> so he tied Mahershal Ali, which is crazy. That's um, an honor. <laughs> yeah, and then Kate Beckinsale won British slash Irish Actress of the Year. Is she Irish? She's British. Oh. I think it's because it's the London Critics' oh. Choice films. They just kind of do both. I get you. Together. At the San Diego... Oh, God. I almost said San Diego at the same time. <laughs> the San Diego Film Critics Society Awards Best Adapted Screenplay won again. This shows you how good the screenplay is. Yeah. And he won again at the St. Louis Film Critics Association. Nice. So, seems like the main winners were Kate Beckinsale and Stillman, which is very Yeah. I, I would expect Whit Stillman to have won some awards. Yeah, because that script is perfect. <laughs> all right. So, some fun trivia. Apparently, all the costuming, uh, we've seen in other adaptations where they kind of transfer over. Uh-huh. This was not the case. Apparently, all of Kate Beckinsale's and Chloe's 70s costumes were custom made. Oh, you can tell because they're all yeah. amazing. <laughs> I, I remember there was like one where it was like almost like this orangey brown and blue that <laughs> Chloe Sevigny's character was wearing. And I was like, that is the most beautiful dress I've ever seen. <laughs> it is so good. They were all custom designed for them specifically. And apparently, despite a limited budget, they had to include the costuming. And yet they also change like in every single scene. Yeah. Even the like little scenes between them where they're just walking in the park. And, like, yeah, the couple walking scenes. Change. <laughs> and like, there's never like like any throwaway dresses they're all like grand and dramatic and ridiculous um apparently the entirety of the film was shot in 26 days oh (laughs) which is crazy because there's so much dialogue (laughs) sienna miller apparently was originally cast in the lead role but dropped out and then was replaced by kate beckinsale who's sienna miller sienna miller see i know the name i do know the name but i can't picture in my head she is blonde. <laughs> I guess I could look her up on my phone, too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, like, what you would know her from. She does, like, a lot of... She does a lot of movies that I know... And this is, like, not a dick, but movies I just don't want to watch. Like is she in a movie with Chadwick Boseman? Because all the pictures of her with him. Yes, that 21 Bridges. Oh, okay. And then she... I mean, you know, she's okay, in movies... I, could, I mean, just looking at her, I could see her as a Lady Susan. But um, yeah. I don't really know what I would know her from exactly. Yeah, I don't... Like, the GI... She was in a, one of the G.I. Joe movies, and she was in that American Sniper. Movies that, like, just aren't for Boy me. movies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're just not for me. Um, but I know her name for sure. And she probably would have been great, but I'm kind of happy that Kate Beckinsale oh, yeah. was, it was perfect. <laughs> All right. I was thinking before we totally cemented what we were doing uh-huh. um, if there had been if Kate Beckinsale had been in any David Lynch we would have done like a Kate Beckinsale yes. section where we could have done the other Emma she's in and mm-hmm. this and whatever but she wasn't in a David Lynch so <laughs> she seems like she, for, I don't know why but she seems like she would be like really good at that. I could see yeah her having happened with one but nope <laughs> never say never <laughs> you never know she's not American enough for David Lynch <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, this is Whit Stillman's highest-grossing film at the U.S. box office. So, I mean, it was we said it was really well-received. 
<laughs> and as we said before, this is Kate Beckinsale's second time as a Jane Austen character because she was Emma Woodhouse in the 1996 TV movie yes. Emma, not to be confused with Gwyneth Paltrow. No. Version. I always think of it as a miniseries, but it is just like a, a like a, a TV movie. It's like a yeah, like a made-for-TV movie almost. We mentioned already that oh, Morfitha Clark. <laughs> I always have to like pause and remember. <laughs> Morfitha Clark and Emma Greenwell, who were Federica and Catherine, were also in Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Right. So we have our little crossover. So Kate Beckinsale and Xavier Samuel, who plays Reginald. Um, also have an acting history together because they both played vampires in Underworld and Twilight. <laughs> oh, he was in Twilight? Yes. Okay, she wasn't in Twilight, though. She was also in Twilight. Was she? Kate I Beckinsale? think so. I think she was. No um, way. I'm just rewatching this, so I'll show you if she shows up, but I don't think... I, I, I would say if she was at all, it's probably one of the last she two. She's definitely in Underworld. Yeah, she was definitely in Underworld because I really like those movies <laughs> and thinking of blockbuster that's like a movie i always associate with blockbuster because <laughs> we rented it um and then just some like interesting how we facts about the box office stuff how we said it was his highest grossing film the budget for this film was only three million dollars which Sounds is like a pretty typical of like a yeah independent jane austen when <laughs> just to think about that and how they had a custom make every costume was pretty crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Opening weekend, they only made three hundred eighty-four thousand in the UK, but the domestic gross in the UK was fourteen million, and the worldwide gross is twenty-one million. So they made eighteen million over budget. That's great. So they did really, really well. Yeah. As far as these go, um, that's pretty much all I have left. For cool. Stuff. <laughs> I guess doing the small festival circuit route paid off for oh yeah yeah i could totally see because like i always associate those um, festivals with like a more like you know i feel like they have a certain type of movie that goes to those a lot yeah like the academy award types yeah and they can kind of get maybe a little bit stuffy at some point and just having this as like almost like a breather yeah and it also be a very high quality yeah so i guess if it came out the same year as moonlight and like la la land it's probably why it was an in yeah. Really nominated for any Academy Awards. There probably was a lot of good movies that year. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that was actually a really good year for film. Yeah. As they say. <laughs> I'm sure an hour and a half movie can never make the cut in the Academy Awards. <laughs> <laughs> Must be two hours or four hours. Uh, no, I appreciate the length. I do, too, because it goes by so fast. <laughs> Although I feel like you could have added, like, another half hour's worth of plot in there. <laughs> yeah. I'm interested to see what sort of special features or deleted scenes... They uh-huh. have because I feel like. I wonder if there is special features on the DVD. I don't have the DVD of this one. There might be. I maybe there might be some stuff on Amazon too. I'll have to check. Yeah, that's true. They might. Doesn't seem like the streaming services very often have that kind of stuff, but. No. Amazon might. I'll have to check. Mm-hmm. Okay, so last we saw, we were out of dance. Frederica looked miserable. Mm-hmm. As she... And Sir James was delighted. <laughs> and Reginald and Susan were dancing sexually. Not sexually, but they had some tension. Some tension. Them. Okay, so then we see... Oh, Frederica is, you know, sitting quietly alone. 
Reginald comes in and asks her what's wrong. And she is very conflicted as to whether to tell him. But she thinks that her mother might actually listen to him. So she basically tells him that she doesn't want to marry Sir James. Reginald's like, he's silly, but what else is wrong with him? <laughs> right, he's got a lot of money. And she says that she would rather teach and make her own money. But Reginald is reassuring that they can probably fix this with Lady Susan. Yeah, he's like, she's understanding. Yeah, don't worry about her. <laughs> <laughs> so then the next thing we see is him talking to Catherine and saying that he's leaving, he's going to see their parents... And he asks her to help Frederica. And then we see Frederica go into Catherine. And she says that she thinks it's all her fault that he and Lady Susan quarreled. And now he's leaving. And Catherine assures her that she will help. <laughs> Meanwhile, Lady Susan doesn't seem too upset that, she's, that he's leaving. <laughs> no. She actually says to Catherine that she thinks he might change his mind and decide to stay. <laughs> more so less like predicting and more foreshadowing on yes. her part <laughs> that's also where she drops the hint that she that Frederica is in love with Reginald mm-hmm. and that's where I'm like are is this all a ploy to get Reginald and Frederica together somehow I think <laughs> or so or is it just like a byproduct of your previous plans <laughs> I feel like it's it's her I feel like the way her master plan works is like it's very fluid like she's like oh I can end up with Reginald or Frederica as as long as as we both end up with rich guys exactly (laughs) and so just the way that she drops those little things like she was in love with him so I really appreciate her being an older woman who's just like got all the young men wrapped around her yes yes So Lady Susan wants a word with Reginald before he leaves in her dressing room with the door closed. (laughs) And where she tearfully offers to leave so because she doesn't want to divide the family. (laughs) She says she, of course, is of little consequence. (laughs) (laughs) And then Susan explains to Alicia, basically, what the result of all of this was. And she says, first, Frederica came close to ruining her plans. Well, no, she says that Frederica came close to ruining her plans. Reginald insisted that there would be impropriety in Frederica and Sir James courting. And she says the disloyalty is what outraged her the most. (laughs) (laughs) And now she must punish Frederica and Reginald and make herself amends. (laughs) She's got a lot to do. (laughs) Alicia says that she saw Mannering, that he still wants Lady Susan. (laughs) And just then he arrives. Lady Susan bustles out, but I don't know Mm -hmm. if she's making a grand entrance for him or if she's still playing coy and not seeing him. So I, I feel like it's the last. It's kind of hard to tell. <laughs> this is where I feel like we could add the extra half hour of like yes. finding out what's actually happening at any given moment. Right. Okay, the, the curate finds Frederica in church crying. And she asks about the fourth commandment and he's like, no, that's actually the fifth commandment. <laughs> Except I think he does say in Catholic yeah, he said in one of the other sects that... Yeah, it's the fourth. It's the fourth, which <laughs> I just like the implication at first that he's like, Lady Susan does not know her commandments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he explains the commandment and she looks comforted. 
as Frederica leaves the church, she runs into Reginald and she touches him and immediately runs away. <laughs> he's wet. She's like, oh, you're wet. I touched you. Let me run. <laughs> I gotta hide. And he looks thoughtful. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Catherine... I just call her Catherine now. <laughs> yes. She arrives at Parklands, the ancestral estate. Yes. And talks to her mother. Her expectations are dashed. <laughs> she wants Reginald with Frederica, now that she, you know, Lady Susan's plans it in her mind, but she's afraid that Reginald is now more Lady Susan's than ever. The more I think about it, the more I think this is all a plan to get Reginald and Frederica together. Oh, for sure. Because she's the like uh, the <laughs> boss. Susan enlists Alicia's help to keep Reginald distracted because she doesn't want him and Mannering to meet. <laughs> <laughs> and when she and Mannering do meet up, he's very silent. Oh, no, no. This is Reginald, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. When they finally meet up again, he's very silent. He asks if she has considered what he asked. She says she doesn't want to marry... She does want to marry him, but maybe they should wait a few months until the rest of the world thinks it's a good thing. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I don't want to divide your family. But really, she's like, but I'm still trying to real mannering it. (laughs) She's like, I'm trying to figure out how this is going to work for me. Yeah. Uh, She says they can't stay together in London, but she, of course, has to stay, so keeps going. (laughs) Uh, he doesn't really want to be convinced of, to leave, and he asks her to reconsider. <laughs> Lady Mannering, meanwhile, arrives at Alicia's, distraught, asking to speak to her guardian, <laughs> Stephen Fry. <laughs> <laughs> She's like wailing at this point. <laughs> She's so funny. Her eyes, I mean, the makeup department just like put red around her eyes for every scene. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So, just as Alicia shuts the door on them, Reginald arrives. Lady Susan has entrusted him with a letter. A private for your eyes only for Alicia letter. Then, Lucy and Mr. Johnson come out of the room, just as she's about to get rid of him, and she begs him to help her. She says, uh, She is with Lord Mannering right now! And... Lucy tries to snatch the letter from Reginald, or from Alicia. Reginald mm-hmm. snatches it back and insists that Lady Susan isn't with Mannering because he just left her and she's totally alone. She even dismissed her servant. <laughs> <laughs> then Lucy calls Owen. Owen! <laughs> <laughs> and he says that after Reginald left, Lord Mannering arrived. And then Lucy reads the letter, and it says that Alicia is to keep Reginald busy. Mannering is on his way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mr. Johnson, however, is like, it could be dangerous. Just leave it to the solicitors. (laughs) Dangerous. (laughs) (laughs) And then he implies that he is sending Alicia to America. (laughs) No, not Connecticut. (laughs) Uh, Alicia comes to tell Susan... It's all very shocking. She takes it in stride, though. Yes. She says, facts are horrid things. (laughs) (laughs) That's also one of my other favorite lines. Facts are horrid things. She's convinced she can fix things, but Alicia is not as convinced. 
basically it was one of those situations she's like I don't know how you're gonna get out of this one (laughs) she's like oh don't worry I'll make my story good (laughs) (laughs) so Reginald comes to see Susan Um, she tries to explain things to him she's a good convincer and she ends by saying she cannot marry a man who doesn't trust her (laughs) mistrust does not bode well for any union and he looks upset and bows and leaves. <laughs> <laughs> the way she the wormed her way out of this whole thing <laughs> by him coming there confronting her, saying that it's not a big deal, <laughs> and how dare he read a letter. But it actually wasn't a, like a secretive letter because she would never trust a secret letter to a third party. Exactly. So there was nothing scandalous in it. But yeah. now you can't trust me, so I can't marry you. I'm so sorry. Yeah. She's like, I was just trying to convince him to go back to his wife. Yeah. And I did, but he can't. <laughs> um, okay, so Catherine and her mother are celebrating the news of their broken <laughs> engagement. <laughs> I don't know how they even knew about it in the first place. Catherine is worried that Susan is outplaying them and that this is all a ploy. (laughs) Catherine is very smart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's actually, she says that she thinks that Susan is a diabolical genius. I was like, yeah, give her her due. Yes. (laughs) She is a genius. I do like how they, like, basically are, like, not even saying, like, oh, she's evil. They're like, she's so smart. (laughs) She's going to win us all. Yes. I feel like they respect the game. <laughs> because oh, it's not 100%. like Catherine doesn't have her husband wrapped around her finger. <laughs> no, I would say Catherine and Susan are very much two sides of the same coin. Yeah. And what I like about their relationship is that it's literally like a game to them. Yeah. They're trying to outsmart each other. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Reginald returns home. Charles doesn't see the point of towns. Everyone should just live in their own lands. (laughs) Their own ancestral lands. It's like, all right, sheltered old person. Be quiet. Uh, Mama bustles Frederica downstairs to play and sing the Nightingale of Kent. (laughs) Original... Uh, oh yeah, so Reginald had just returned. Okay, Reginald is trying to excuse himself because, you know, he's all heartbroken he's and everything. Mopey. <laughs> Frederica is trying to demure, but just then Lady Susan arrives unexpectedly. <laughs> she came to see Frederica. She can no longer bear to have her so far away and must focus on her education. <laughs> <laughs> This is where I'm like, well, maybe this wasn't her plan. Maybe she's just trying to keep Frederica out of Reginald's grasps, line of fire, you know, like, so they're not together. But oh, that's true. she also gives her back up really easily. So maybe this was just a oh, yeah. part of the plan. So they don't want Frederica to leave, but Susan talks them in a circle, as is her want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Lady Susan still wants Frederica to marry Sir James. She says she's been too indulgent. Alicia, though, thinks that she should marry Sir James herself. Can she afford to give him away? (laughs) She's like, I could. I mean, he is awfully easy to control and very rich and obviously (laughs) crazy about you. Yes. That's why I'm like, I really would love to see a different viewpoint of like Alicia at this point trying to get a husband and her and Susan's friendship because I feel like Alicia is the same <laughs> type of person. She was like, you could take advantage of him for the rest of your life. Yeah, I would love to see some more Alicia, Mr. Johnson. 
yes. scenes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so Catherine shows off her skills with her husband by mm-hmm. because he seems always ready to have an obligation just exactly where she needs him to have one. <laughs> She's like, you need to do something in London, don't you? I do. I do. (laughs) (laughs) They leave right away. So they leave uh, Catherine and Charles to come visit Frederica with Lady Susan. They want Frederica to come back to Churchill. They even offer to bring in a private tutor. And Susan almost seems like she talks, like she's convinced at first not to let them have her. And then yep. halfway through, she's like, but she does look pale, doesn't she? <laughs> it's that London smog. And they're like, they look so dejected before that. And then they're like, yes, she does look pale. Yes. <laughs> I have a, yeah, I believe this is part of her grand yeah. plan because I also don't believe that she she had any sort of like education really set up at London. No. <laughs> and she was like, they're gonna pay for her to get actually get an education. I don't have to pay. Sure, she could go back. Yeah. <laughs> well she might have gotten her a couple lessons with a teacher. Yeah, I, it was I like, definitely think that's within her power. <laughs> and she's like, I- I'll pay you back. Don't worry. I'll yeah. pay you. It's on the way. <laughs> Okay, also they're afraid that because there's a risk of influenza. Right. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Okay, so Susan is happy. Oh, yeah, Susan says that she's happy she sent Fred- Frederica back, even though she had started to like her more. <laughs> <laughs> Being around her own child made her like her just a little bit. I don't know how much time is passing between any given moment, but right. it doesn't feel like very much at all. No, maybe like a month. <laughs> and Alicia, she says it almost every time, but she's like, this may be our last meeting. <laughs> and Susan says, she'll await Mr. Johnson's death. <laughs> <laughs> when Alicia will be more independent again. <laughs> I do like that. I that think this is where she's like, I hope his next gouty attack is, ends more satisfactorily. <laughs> <laughs> and Alicia's like, yes, I do too. <laughs> and then we just get a quick shot of... Sir James maybe smirking? See, this is where I get confused. When it's just a male character in a hat with brown hair mm-hmm. and they're smirking, I don't know. Is it Reginald? I think is it Sir James or is it Man Waring? Mannering. Mannering. I think it was Mannering. Okay, maybe it's Because he didn't say anything. Reginald and Frederica are walking and talking, much to Ooh. the DeCourcy's delight. <laughs> and then Frederica gets a letter from Lady Susan. A lot happened when we weren't watching. <laughs> uh, she and Sir James have wed. <laughs> <laughs> no wedding scene. Everyone except Charles seems shocked. Uh, Charles is like, there's three possibilities. And he thinks it's a possibility that Susan grew to love him. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and Frederica wishes them every happiness. <laughs> <laughs> So Alicia goes to congratulate Sir James, and we find out that they're soon to have a baby. <laughs> the morning after the wedding, Lady Susan hinted that it, and it was soon confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we know why that marriage happened so quickly. <laughs> yep, some suspicious timing. <laughs> uh, Lucy is still there crying about her separation, and. Sir James is like, oh, it's okay for men to cheat. It's in their nature, but a woman doing it is quite ridiculous. I can't even imagine it <laughs> happening. <laughs> and Alicia's like, 
Uh-huh. It's sure. totally ridiculous. It Crazy. would never happen. <laughs> never. Mannering has actually been staying with Lady Susan and Sir James. <laughs> <laughs> and Lucy bursts out crying and quickly storms out when she hears this. <laughs> yes. I think she asked, she's like, how is Lord Mannering? <laughs> he's still there. Yeah, he's staying with us. What? (laughs) (laughs) She knows what's going on. Uh, I almost got a little bit of a Sir James and Mannering also have like something going on on the side. Yeah. I don't know if that was necessarily there, but I like to think it at least. Yes. (laughs) There was some sort of light innuendo. Okay, so um, Frederica and Reginald are married. Everyone seems happy. At the reception, we see Frederica. She says she's grateful to her mother. Lady Susan says she wouldn't call herself proud of Frederica, but she appreciates her manipulative nature. (laughs) (laughs) She says a Vernon will never go hungry. (laughs) (laughs) Love. I love her never complimenting her daughter, and every time someone does, she pokes a hole in it. (laughs) Well, I like what it is. It's like she's never like, I hate my daughter. She's just like, She's so boring. (laughs) She's not fun like me. I know. When they're like, she sings like a nightingale. She's like, but those few notes can get repetitive. (laughs) Yeah, that was also a really funny line. (laughs) Oh, I said, she, Sir James, and Mannering are quite the thruple. (laughs) Reginald wrote some poetry, and Frederica sings a song. She's a nightingale, not a songbird. (laughs) (laughs) And as the credits roll, we get some of our favorite lines and some alternate takes of some of the scenes. And the last line we hear is, may his next gouty attack be a sincere one. (laughs) 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 Uh, That's love and friendship. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> Which I can never remember. That's what's called. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm going to have to watch this every couple years just because it's, it's so good. Oh, totally. It definitely has rewatchability. Oh, yeah. Because so much happens so fast. You're like, oh, I'm going to catch new things a second time. It's actually kind of better to watch it pretty close. <laughs> like, yeah. if you watched it and then watch it again. You'll pick up on more stuff. Yeah, especially because it's the kind of plot that like keeps its secrets close to its vest, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of unfolds them as it goes along. So, and then there's a lot of stuff that happens off the screen. Yes, <laughs> that we just hear about, and you know, it's just I can see like little things that people. I would assume critics would like poke holes in, but it's just funny mm-hmm. to have read all the reviews that are like, it's so great. And <laughs> we love it. <laughs> yeah, they're willing to overlook any of that. I think for an hour and a half, you're kind of willing to overlook some of the oh yeah things that could have been expanded upon. <laughs> yeah, and it's because like we're kind of missing those parts, but we're never being... We're like the scene that immediately precedes that we do see. We're give, we're being given so much yeah. that it's like we never feel like we're missing stuff. Yeah. Well, do you have um, a favorite moment from the second half? Oh gosh, I do. I know I do. There's so many to pick from. I'm trying to like <laughs> think of which one of her quips was my favorite this time. Do you have a favorite? I really like the way the whole 
Lady Susan getting together with Sir James and mm-hmm. Mannering being like yes. the baby daddy and all. <laughs> I just really like the way that all comes together and it's like pretty much everyone ends in a good place yes. you know Lady Susan I don't know if this was her ultimate goal of what she wanted for herself but it's definitely in the lines of what she would be happy with especially yes. considering the pregnancy that she has yeah. to <laughs> find a good explanation for so I just really like the way it all comes together. I think, I, I mean, obviously I can't remember exactly how it all goes down in the epistolatory novel, but I mm-hmm. think I kind of prefer Reginald not having a realization about Lady Susan because Me too. I think it's more appropriate to his character to just... Yeah, because like it, I feel like the only people who really see her for who she is is Alicia and Catherine. Yeah. And Federica. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like, everyone else is kind of like, yeah. they completely are smitten by her yeah. and fall under her spell. That's funny, because Alicia doesn't mind it at all, likes it. No, she loves it. Frederica doesn't seem to be judgmental of it, just as no. it pertains to her. And Catherine almost seems a little bit admiring of it, even though she doesn't yes. want to be as well. <laughs> so She's I like, like, I have that. to stay around the edges. Yeah, only uh, Lucy Mannering is the only one who's like, you're the worst, I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would say my favorite part is the whole exchange of getting Federica back to Churchill. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the whole, like, the way... And that and the whole, like, letter confrontation, the way that Susan, Lady Susan, just words that entire scene (laughs) into a perfect ending for her. Yeah. It's just, it's so perfect. I love that she can just talk everyone into a circle. (laughs) Yeah. She (laughs) will confuse you and then will make you do what she wants. Yeah. (laughs) She's always got an explanation for anything. Yes. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) She's such a fun character. Uh, she's one of my favorites. <laughs> I did do the deep dive on her. Yay! But before we get into that, I'm going to do one that I teased long, long ago, what? but we didn't do. Because I was like, well, we'll do it someday because I think... We were covering Jane Austen's Aunt Philippa, who uh-huh. um, maybe Lady Susan is based on. She might have also been based on her daughter, Eliza Hancock, who okay. um, who ended up marrying Henry, her brother. But this is not on that aunt. This is on Jane Lee Perrault, okay. what her, one of her other aunts. So on August 8th, 1799... Mrs. Perrault and her husband bought some black lace at a shop in Bath Street. Okay. And as she left, the proprietor came out and asked her if she had bought some white lace at the same time. <laughs> and Miss Perrault, Mrs. Perrault said she hadn't and handed her the wrapped package saying, if I have your young man must have put it in there by mistake. So when they opened it, the package did contain both white and black lace. Mm-hmm. So she handed over the white and went on her way. But on August 14th, Mrs. Perot received a warrant to appear before magistrates who put her in prison while she awaited her trial for theft. Uh, (laughs) What? I know. So the sentence for theft could have been death or transportation to Australia. 
No, thank you. But thanks to her status, her experience of prison was not typical. Of course. <laughs> she was allowed to live in the jailer's house with her husband. But still, like, that's still, like... That's crazy, though. <laughs> yeah. She for, didn't steal. Uh, for some lace. <laughs> the family believed that the charge was an attempt to blackmail them. Hmm. So then at the trial... Others testified in the trial that they had been victims of the same scam, and it took the jury only 15 minutes to find her not guilty. <laughs> <laughs> there is a debate now. Some people think that she was framed, as she maintained, but others think that she got off lightly because she was from a prominent wealthy family, which could definitely still be true, but oh, yeah. I mean, it didn't seem like she stole lace and even no i would did. say why would you go to prison for that <laughs> <laughs> right i would say the the punishments were a bit extreme for the crime yeah it makes me think about people who did get transported to australia and like <sighs> can you imagine if like you had just been accused of stealing lace or even if you had stolen some lace and you had who to cares? go yeah. to australia you have to go to the worst <laughs> scariest place on the planet because <laughs> of all those crazy animals i know every time someone tells me a crazy animal story i'm like is it australia and almost every time they're like yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to hear about australian spiders i don't want to hear about those I mean, we should talk from florida i'm sure the rest of america thinks of us as the same thing <laughs> we're the australia of the u.s yeah i would have to agree so i know the last time when i did the other aunt i said that when we got to this adaptation i would do eliza hancock Mm -hmm. but after reading about her i thought maybe she would be better to cover when we did mansfield park because mary Crawford may also be based on her okay Um, but she could be who lady susan is based on as well i would like to meet her she's like about (laughs) I think she was maybe like eight years older than Jane. She could have been even like 12 years older than her. Okay. So when Jane spent time with her when she was like a younger teenager, she came to visit. And so she might have really looked up to her. And she did end up marrying her brother. (laughs) (laughs) But she had some crazy love things. Of courtships and... Yeah, and husbands, and she's got several last names, so I assume <laughs> she has several husbands. <laughs> so, we had a little incident. I mean, obviously, that this particular set of podcasts have been not recorded in our normal standard because all of our stuff blew up. Right. And then, as I was editing this second half of the podcast I realized that something happened with the sound at this point <laughs> and you can't hear anymore <laughs> so weird so we are re-recording it it's gonna obviously sound different we're working on the microphone situation anyway we'll get to that well, at the end. yeah but let's <laughs> get into the deep dive for yes. Lady Susan or you know the we did the deep dive, so we're getting the into the sorting, sorting yes. for Lady Susan. Okay, and I do not remember what we said about either of these. So <laughs> we're just start over. Our two options were Libra and Gemini. Okay, so Libra. As the Zodiac most concerned with equality and justice, it may be odd to see Libra on this list. Oh, because I was looking up most manipulative signs. Right. Little do you know, Libras are the ones 
or sorry, little do you know, Libras are one of the most manipulative signs of them all. While their ultimate concern is harmony, they'll say or do exactly what people want to hear or see in order to gain everyone's favor. Their problem is that they don't like picking sides and will therefore play devil's advocate to everyone without ever getting involved. <laughs> As one of the least honest zodiac signs, they aren't afraid to say a lie here and there if it means they avoid confrontation and people's distaste. <laughs> <laughs> I follow this one astrologer online who says that Le I can't remember what the other sides were, but there's like three signs that you wouldn't expect it, who he calls the Zodiac Mafia. <laughs> he says that Libra <laughs> is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea of the Zodiac Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what the other ones were, but it's not like Scorpio or Leo or the ones you would expect. It's like the unassuming ones like Libra and, <laughs> and like Virgo or something. Probably. Okay. So our other option is Gemini and I'm sorry, Gemini's. I feel like I'm always picking Gemini's for like the most manipulative <laughs> and the worst side. <laughs> if the shoe fits. I mean, I can't help what the, the articles I look up say. Okay, <laughs> so Gemini, another Zodiac known to lie makes up our top three on the list as Gemini is another expert at manipulating people. Their communicative prowess lulls people into a false sense of security, which makes them feel like they can let down their guard. Revealing all to a Gemini can be a risky move as you're never sure which version of them you're going to get each day. Their highly fickle nature means they may suddenly decide on whim to use your secrets as leverage. Ooh. I, I, now that I'm thinking back, I think we said Gemini last time. I think so. Gemini did jump out to me. Yeah. Although I do think Libra and like, they like to hear what everyone has to say and gain everyone's favor, but I feel like she is not so much like I need everyone to like me. Well, maybe the men, but <laughs> <laughs> she's just really good at like telling people exactly what they want to hear. And right. <laughs> she definitely is playing the field. And I think she's very much like, if someone's it, it's part of my game, if someone's not supposed to like me, then they don't have yeah. to like me this time. Plus I think Gemini's are more like quick on their feet. Like if something goes yeah. wrong, they can just improvise. Yeah. <laughs> she was definitely <laughs> very good at improvising. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're going to go with Gemini for her. And then for D and D mm -hmm. I said neutral evil, but I don't think that's what we landed on. I think we might've gone with more chaotic something. I don't think she's chaotic evil, though. No, but I, do I think, think she is I was, kind of on the evil's end. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I understand the evil choice, but I feel like her intentions are never necessarily like nefarious. Yeah, maybe she's more chaotic neutral. That's what I was going to go for because she is very chaotic. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think her. I think maybe we came to neutral just because like her intentions aren't necessarily good or bad. They're maybe more self-indulgent. Yeah. And so I think chaotic neutral just fits better because she's not necessarily trying to do bad things. She's just trying to look out for herself. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> and she'll look out for her people too, if it's convenient to her. <laughs> That's true. I mean, she did sort of start out started out with looking out for her daughter in a way. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I would say chaotic neutral is like a perfect fit. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
All right. Well, final thoughts on Lacey's. <laughs> this is going to be a little bit difficult just because some time has elapsed. Not too much time, but some time yeah. has elapsed. And I don't remember what we said. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what we said, but I, I've really loved this movie for a long time. So I'm sure it'll be pretty much the same. But it's just, it's always makes me laugh. I think Kate Beckinsale, and I'm excited to see her in the Emma that she's in. Um, Just because she seems to have understood um, the assignment on this role (laughs) so perfectly. Yes. It was just so, like, she embodied the character perfectly, and it was so funny. And I just, I really love this movie so much. I could watch it a hundred times and laugh every (laughs) single time at the same time. Yeah, I'm very excited to get to that Emma, too. I feel like... I I don't know. I just love all those old mm-hmm. like TV Jane Austen adaptations. The like the more stodgy the better. But <laughs> I'm, just, I'm weird like that. Not that hers is, because hers is only like a TV movie. The Emma. I think it's right. like an hour and a half. Anyway, so Lady Susan, I love it. I think it's a really, really fun movie. I feel like it could be maybe like 20 minutes, 15, 20, 30 minutes longer. And we could have maybe (laughs) not felt so hectic at certain points, but it kind of works anyway, because Lady Susan is just like that. She's like a hectic whirlwind that you can barely keep up with. So it does work for the movie, which is why I think it was so well reviewed by all the reviewers. I never did look up to see what the like, did we look up what the Rotten Tomatoes was? Like what the people thought of it? Um, no, but I can look it up really fast. But I do remember when I looked up all the reviews, there was only one that was like, I didn't really like it at first, but they seemed to come around. <laughs> According to the tomato meter, it's at 96%. So everyone wow. loves it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's super fun. I mean, it's on the Amazon Prime, so it's super easy to access. Yeah probably one of the most ubiquitous of the streaming services i would think yeah it's just it's so good and i I, that's right <laughs> I understood what you mean and i feel like everyone else will too <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, but it's just it's it's just i think it's the most funny which it makes me excited to read the epistolary that she wrote yeah just because so much of it is kind of based off of that but i, I just think it's so great and I, I, this is like one that I will like, hands down, like, I would say that even if you're not like, uh, like an Austin person, you will really like it because it's just so ridiculous. <laughs> yes, definitely. And it doesn't really feel, I mean, it doesn't feel like a Pride and Prejudice, you know, it's right. not like a romance by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, um, I think in the, and our previous sections, I had likened it to a period like 30 Rock or Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, where... It's almost like an Aaron Sorkin movie or um, yeah. um, the Gilmore Girls lady, Amy. Oh, Sherman Amy Pellin. Pel- yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amy Sherman Pellin. It's not like that quick patter, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's very quick. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. It's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Love it. Five stars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> And for our recommendations for this week, I do think I remember what I recommended. (laughs) I 
I think I do too. <laughs> Hopefully it's not what was in part one, so. <laughs> oh yeah, I did listen back to the first part to remember, but I didn't do that for you, sorry. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> if I recommend it twice, it's like I said before, it's just that good, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so my recommendation is Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. Ooh, okay. I don't right. think I've recommended it before. It's, I actually looked it up and I don't know if you can see it anywhere, but on Acorn right now, which is, a shame because I don't think Acorn is a very pop. I mean, I don't even have Acorn and that seems like it's right up my alley. It's got multiple. I was just looking up something the other day that was only on Acorn besides Miss Fisher. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I need to get Acorn. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you need to do a, a streaming trade off or something. Yeah. But Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, it has Essie Davis as the titular Miss, Miss Fisher. <laughs> and it takes place in Australia in like the 20s. Like she's kind of in the flapper era you uh-huh. know? and she's just this single lady detective who has romances all over the place, but kind of falls for the detective who she's always working with. And mm-hmm. it's so fun. And it's just like really feminist in its own way. You know, it doesn't feel like it's feminist, but it feels like, Oh, I love watching this. Right. <laughs> such a great female character. And, you know, I love uh, British period pieces, uh-huh. so it's nice to know that I also love Australian British, <laughs> Australian period pieces, which are <laughs> essentially sort of British. <laughs> well, not exactly. <laughs> sort so of. There's a big difference in like. I mean, a lot of there is a lot of similarities in certain ways, but this is the 30s, so it's not really the same period that I'm usually going for in right. British times. But anyway. It's also got like a movie. It's got three seasons and there was a movie that you can also watch that they did recently, which was just because I think the actors all had other stuff, but they can still manage to get them together for a movie. (coughs) But Essie Davis is the woman from the Babadook. Right, 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 right. Oh, she was so good in that. Game of Thrones. Probably. She was like, just in that, remember when Arya went to the acting troupe? And she kind of had like that mother figure in the acting troupe who she liked. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that was her. <laughs> oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. Gosh. I was like, that's not a big enough part for Essie Davis. <laughs> no, because, yeah, that was like two seconds. God, yeah. that's, you mentioning that to me was like jolting because I was like, I I had forgotten about that whole period of Game of Thrones. And then I was like, that felt like 20 years ago. <laughs> I know. It's like, as soon as that, you know, not great ending. Yeah. I just kind of set it out of my mind. Actually, the last couple of seasons, I wasn't thrilled about it, but. <laughs> it definitely had a little bit of a downward trajectory. Although I did think recently, just because I was kind of having a, an, a yearning for like a fantasy fix, maybe rewatching a couple of the first seasons just to kind of like see like what things do I not remember? And maybe I'll mm. get reinterested in watching up to a certain point we'll see but i do want to uh, start i'm gonna have to put something on my list of recommendations now because you made me think of something else. <laughs> some fantasy oh yeah it's my favorite fantasy but i'm not recommending it <laughs> so what's your recommendation all right hopefully it's not what was in the first part but if it is it's just that good <laughs> i'm recommending a video game called watchdogs legion okay I think you did music in the first one, so... Okay, that's what I figured, but you never know. 
<laughs> but it is a, I, I think it's a multi-platform. I think it's, you know, the, the usual run-of-the-mill PS4, Xbox One, PC. But I have it for the PS4, and it's a game that takes place in, I'm not sure what the year is, but it's almost like a little bit sort of like maybe 20, 30 years from now in London. And so London society has kind of become tech technified almost in a way that it's like, you know, like currency is all like, you know, digital now. And there are, you know, certain things that are like AIs are very prevalent and there are self-driving cars and Oh my god, that sounds right up my alley for video yes. game world. <laughs> it is it's very good. And I just actually like I beat the main quest and I'm just kind of finishing up all the side missions that I didn't get to do. Uh-huh. But you start off kind of like as this character that you get to sort of create. You kind of pick from like a few different like templates. And then basically what happens in, like in the beginning, and it's not a spoiler because it happens within like the first five seconds, but there's like a terrorist attack and this sort of like underground group that is all about like liberation for the people is blamed for it and they like disperse and then you come in you kind of have to build it up from the bottom and it's just really fun to kind of like deal with like oh like you know I can hack into these drones and you know rewire this or whatever but what's really cool and what I was really kind of blown away about it was it's open world RPG throughout all of London And what's really cool is that you could go to any character on the sidewalk and start recruiting them for your group. Wow. Yeah. So like literally. Oh, I remember you telling me about that. I was like, that sounds really cool. (laughs) It's really cool. And what's cool is that you have like, um, it's almost like, you know, those Google glasses that were like a thing like a while back. Uh Well, it's almost like they have a, a thing like that where you can kind of like press a button over a character when you're looking at them and it'll tell you like their name and like what their job is and like their like quote unquote qualifications like do they have special like combat skills or do they have special tech uh-huh. and so you kind of like can pick out who you want based on what they have it's worth recruiting this person <laughs> exactly qualifications are watches a lot of daytime soap operas. <laughs> yes. there are a couple like there's like you know influencer and i'm like why do i need this person on my team no it's probably one of those who would be secretly the best probably it, yeah so it's <laughs> but it's so fun just to kind of like have that choice and to just build a team up and it's just yeah. it was so much fun and i'm probably as soon as i finish the last the side mission it's gonna go ahead and play the main mission all over again because <laughs> it was so much fun what's it called again um it's called watchdogs legion it's the oh. the third game in a series um the first games i never played but and i thought about buying them but I think the the second one was back from 2016, and I feel like I wouldn't want to play that. So <laughs> I just is it only on the Playstations. I think it's multi-platform. I know it's on PlayStation. And I think it's on Xbox and PC. So it might be actually. It might. I wouldn't be surprised if it's on like the Switch or Steam or anything like that. So I'll look it up. Yeah, you should. It's really really good. I love it. <laughs> awesome. I've been playing a lot of video games. Me recently. Too. I, Except for I'm just replaying games I've played before. <laughs> <laughs> we just. But I saw one today that's coming out in mm-hmm. um, a couple months that I'm so excited about. What's it called? I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I mean, it's made by, I can't remember. I, I saw what it was called this morning, but um, uh-huh. it's made by a company that I loved all their games and I watched the trailer and I was like, this is exactly like right up your their alley. other games that I loved. So. <laughs> 
but I'll, I'll recommend it someday. But I was about to say. I can't remember right now. <laughs> <laughs> I've, yeah, I've gotten back into video games and I am now like, I need a PS5. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I was like, I need uh, a next gen console. I'll buy your old PS4. <laughs> huh? If you get a PS5. I'll buy your old PS4 if you get a PS5. Deal. There are this whole new <laughs> age of buying video games straight from the store to download on your console is dangerous. I'm like, I'm going to go broke. I know. Yeah. Ugh, I like video <sighs> games. <laughs> All right. Well, that will wrap up this extra weird little ending for us. <laughs> but <laughs> next week we are starting. No. Next week we are doing Twin Peaks season, uh, episode. Oh my God, my. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next week we're doing Twin Peaks again. We're doing episode two of season two. Yes which will be very good. And after that, we're coming back with persuasion. Also, I wanted to mention because of our mics, well, the mics aren't so dead that the soundboard is. And (laughs) because we're having to upgrade some of our equipment, I thought I'd just mention that if you go to our website, there is a donate button and you could donate to us if you would like to help us out. We would really appreciate it because yeah. this stuff is way more expensive than we thought it was. <laughs> yeah, it, we would really appreciate any help. And, you know, all funds donated will be used for podcast-related expenses. So yes. you will be helping out something that you love. Did you know there was a microchip shortage, Christian? <laughs> I had not the faintest idea. <laughs> I just learned that because it's really hard to find a new soundboard because of Weird microchips. Huh. I I was asking my dad if he knew that, and he was like, "Of course I know that." Well, I also had no idea, so <laughs> you're not alone. <laughs> anyway, extra little factoid for you. But if you would like to get in contact with us, yes, you could email us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com. You can DM us on Twitter at mannersmadness or on Instagram at mannersandmadnesspod. Or you can go to our website and leave a one-minute voice message at managersandmadness.com. And uh, our donate button is on our website, so you can knock out two birds with one stone, if you please. Yes. And if you would go to Apple and give us a rating or review, that would also really mean a lot to us and help the podcast be seen by more people. Yes. We really appreciate it. Yes. I don't know if other platforms even have rating systems, but if they do, let us know because we'd love to plug those as well. <laughs> yeah, if they do, then go ahead and give us five stars, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we'll be back next week with Twin Peaks. And then we're starting Persuasion. Lots of fun stuff. <laughs> I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Thank you. Good night. Bye.